0: This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate your time and listening to this show. You could listen to many other shows, but you choose this one, so thank you very much. Today, I've got Cal and Keith from Military Adventure Group to have a chat about airsoft. Uh, we know airsoft currently uh, is illegal in Australia. Uh, It's a sport that's played around the world and enjoyed by many, many countries around the world. Uh, Very, very similar to paintball, I would say. Obviously, different types of games, and today we'll go into what types of games uh, airsoft is played uh, with the military adventure groups cal and keith it was great they came over my house we had a great chat about airsoft i mean it really is just lunacy that in this country you can play paintball uh, but you can't play airsoft you can't shoot little plastic balls at other people unbelievable isn't it unbelievable you can't play airsoft in this country uh, and hopefully that will change in the near future i mean it's interesting you can own high caliber you know, fire rifles But you cannot own an airsoft firearm or play airsoft in Australia. Uh, Obviously, countries around the world that actually do have common sense... Uh, one of those being New Zealand, where the guys from Military Adventure Group uh, hang out and play those types of games and hang out with like-minded airsoft lovers in New Zealand. So I hope you enjoy this interview uh, from Callan Keith. Uh, it was a great time having a chat with them, learning more about airsoft. I'm not that experienced in airsoft. I know there's plenty more people that are much more experienced in airsoft and what's happening and the legislative requirements and trying to change those, that legislation here in Australia. Uh, So I guess without further ado, let's get into my interview with Callan Keith from Military Adventure Group Australia.
1: This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia
2: This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30 Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter
1: Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist
2: This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain
1: Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast
0: Welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for having us back again with uh, Cal and Keith from Military Adventure Group, MAG. We're here to talk about Airsoft and everything to do with Airsoft. Welcome, guys. Thanks. G'day. Uh, thank you very much, Jason. It's a privilege to be here and be on your show. No worries. We're going to be talking about Airsoft, lots of stuff to do with Airsoft. Obviously, at this stage, uh, guys, airsoft, we're actually recording this at home in person, so it's a lot better, I find, to do them in person. That's uh, really good. So tell us about airsoft. I mean, Australia, obviously, we know it's illegal. Uh, tell us how huge it is around the world, and um, and tell us I mean, yeah, what's currently, say, happening
3: in the Australian landscape right now with airsoft, if anything. So, um, Basically, airsoft came out of Asia in the kind of late 70s. As a competitor for paintball, so and then it became popular in Europe, and it became popular in America, and in the last like two decades, it's grown all over the world. So, adventure shooting sport—it's been played in, I think, one hundred and six countries around the world now, with the exception of Australia because um, it hasn't been legalized here yet, or it's not classed as a legal sporting activity. So, yeah, so we've been growing our kind of team base here to go and play airsoft in another country where it is legal. Yeah. So, yep. But just a little bit about airsoft. Um, you know, it's a military-style adventure sport. You can play it indoors, CQB style, or you can play it outdoors, like, uh, for field events. Events can vary from, like, 20 people all the way up to, you know, some big events in, in the States, so you might get 3,000 players at them. Yeah. Normally you very guys, well.
0: You guys head to New Zealand, so how many, like, how long's it been going in New Zealand? Has it been, you know, since they've actually legalised, has it been going for a long time in New Zealand, or...?
3: Yeah, it's been going for a long time in, in New Zealand, probably over 10 years now. Yeah, easy over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've yeah. got a very good player base there. They're well-organized. They have a, a national organization for airsoft yeah they're, they're doing pretty well and it's a yeah. it's a nice place to go and play yeah yeah, yeah. so
0: how how in airsoft in, in these countries let's talk about wouldn't mind talking about as well let's talk about some of the games they play types of games and also i guess the type of equipment as well because you know we know we don't have airsoft here uh, we do have paintball currently so first off i guess let's talk about some of the equipment we might talk about first there's different obviously types of uh, airsoft guns so what are they what, you know, how do they shoot are they you know semi-automatic give us a bit of a rundown on some of the equipment
3: yeah there's um three basic types of airsoft guns we don't call them markers like paintball markers because yep. um of the nature of them they're almost probably between 90 and 100 percent exact replicas of real steel weapons that mm-hmm. we use so very realistic minus the fact that they don't shoot a steel projectile like so three different types of uh, airsoft guns so you have your aag which is your automatic electric gun then you have your uh gas blowback rifles so they're gas powered can be operated by propane co2 oh, yeah. uh green gas yeah you know so the gas is normally stored in the in the magazine and you have limited rounds then that you can fit in and stuff like that so a lot more realistic you get a bit of kickback off a gas blowback rifle that you don't get off an ag mm-hmm. so a lot of the purists in the sport around the world would would kind of lean towards a a gas operating system or a HPA yeah. operating system. What um, about but-
0: pricing too? What about pricing is generally they, you know, they are they expensive? Are they sort of, you know, price of other firearms? You know, one of my friends who I do one of the shows with just went to New Caledonia and he went to one of the gun shops and whatever it was and they had all this airsoft guns. <laughs> I mean, literally, they just look like absolute, you know, rep- you know, absolute replicas of the original.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, are the AE- AEGs, probably uh, cheaper ones to get. Yeah, um, you can get them from around two hundred to a yeah, thousand. Yeah, for a decent one. Yeah, and the gas blowbacks are a little bit more expensive. I yeah. think they they also don't work that well in the cold either, Keith. No, yeah, uh, true. You
3: know, it's a
1: compressed gas issue. Yeah. So in a yeah. cold environment, you don't get the same compression. You don't
3: get the same amount of shots per yeah. fill. So yeah, do you ever
0: get um, like issues with like you know we saw paintball years ago, probably still now the technology's come a long way. You know, paintball a lot of hang ups, you know, paint inside the tubes and everything didn't shoot. Guys got to come in and clean it all out for you. So are they more? Is it more um, user friendly, I guess, than paintball, or are they sort of very similar? Or Uh,
1: they're quite technical once you open them up. But as far as going uh, off the messy side of things, you know, you've got expensive gear that you're wearing. And with paintball, it's something you don't want to get paint all over all the time. So, yeah. benefit of um, airsoft is your gear stays clean. You don't have to go on home and wash it every time you play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a that's yeah. a bonus too. Do they do. Are they only rifles? Are there pistols? Are they different type? You
0: know, do people go for a certain style of airsoft uh, rifle, or, or what happens?
3: Any. Real steel weapon you can think of pretty much is copied and replicated yeah, yeah, you can in, get airsoft. Yeah. in Airsoft. So yeah. you can play World War I style games, you can shoot an M1 Garand, yeah. you
1: can buy a, a Sten, a Bren. you got uh, grenades and um, rocket launchers, M203 grenade launchers on your yeah. M4s and stuff yeah, like that. Hades <laughs>
3: mortars, that, you yeah. name it, like um, yeah. cannons, like I've seen... Like any t- any weapon, basically that's made in real steel, you can pretty much get a, a replica of it well, to play airsoft with. Yeah. From your 1911 pistons all the <laughs> way through to your new Glock style pistols, yep. all the way up into your M4 platforms.
1: Are it, the
0: pistols
3: it, popular compared to...
0: Like, obviously, when you're playing, obviously, rifles would shoot one a lot faster, a lot quicker than a pistol. is it sort of... If you're, if you're out of ammo and someone's there, pull the pistol.
1: Is that yeah? How, yeah, they come in handy. Hands? They do come in handy. Like, yeah. um you might have someone creep up behind you as well and your focus is on the front and you just kind of pull it out. Yeah. And um, right. you can take care of the back as well. Yeah. Right.
3: We do have minimum engagement distances as well. So pistols generally tend to be shooting at a lower FPS than rifles. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if it... it if a kid walks out in front of you and you know you can take him, you don't want to shoot him up close with a rifle that's shooting 400 fps with 0.2 bbs yeah you know you pull your pistol out that's shooting 250 and you just give him a little tap on in in the upper torso and he knows he's hit you know like you don't we're not we're not there to hurt each other we're there to have fun you know do all people carry a pistol Some. what's the what's the percentage
0: what people normally carry you know what i mean like what and another question is are they semi-automatic or fully
1: automatic or what are they you can get full auto pistols. You can get full auto, full auto rifles. Yeah. Um, most of the local guys in New Zealand they will carry a rifle and a pistol, but because we're travelling over from um, Australia, it's hard for us. Like we we have a hard time just getting our higher guns, and it's always going to be an assault rifle anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We have a shop that's on the field um, for each event now, so we're quite able to. Buy pistols and stuff from that shop and there's a a MAG veteran membership that's being set up and that allows us, as Australians, to purchase guns in New Zealand and store them in the MAG armory over there. So, it's good for those players that are frequently travelling to New Zealand to play and they want to use their own own gear. So, would someone
0: normally... Uh, buy their own, Would they, is there room to hire, you know, when conducting these events, or is it, you know, up to them to, you know, sort out themselves, or will they go to the shop
3: and say, listen, I want to hire this one, and that's available for them? We have a couple of different models that are available for hire, you know, from, we have some M4 platform, M4 style guns, we have like G36 style assault rifles, yep. uh, I think there was maybe an option to have an AK, there's a few AKs, a few AKs, yeah. AK-47s, AK oh yeah, very realistic looking, you know, <laughs> and some, nice of the, guy. some of the guy, uh, guys that might uh, be second or third generation from the Eastern Bloc or anything, you know, and they like to run an AKs. Personally, I like the M4 platform myself because it's just what I'm used to. Mm. But, um, yeah, the, most of the automatic rifles that you can buy from the store would have uh, the same as a real steel firearm. They would have a, a safety, a semi mode and a full auto mode. Yeah, right. So we encourage that all, most of our games are semi-only uh, for the simple reason that we've got a lot of like newbies yep. that will be along on the trip with us that have never been shot at before or have never fired at anyone before. So from a safety point, we like to keep it on semi, single tap, yeah, just to train trigger discipline into the new players. And ultimately, we don't want to be overshooting somebody or yep. anybody getting hurt.
0: How is this comparing uh today you know uh compared to say paintball you know paintball is obviously here very popular you know i said before we were doing this show that you know i can you know if you've got a gun license i can own a rifle or but i can't own you know we can't have airsoft in this country so how is it comparing across the world now in say 2016 compared to you know paintball compared to airsoft is it taking over is it much more popular what are we talking about
3: yeah in general uh as a result of airsoft becoming more popular paintball has suffered because they're very similar in gameplay situations and stuff, you know, similar style events, similar style uh environments that we play in. So mm-hmm. they they both complement each other in that in that area, but because airsoft, the soft in the airsoft word is less painful, it's less messy, uh, a lot less expensive than paintball to go for a day playing airsoft. So it's become a lot more popular especially with uh younger like teens to early 20s. So they don't have the bill of $100 just to buy paintballs. They can buy a, a bag of BBs for like $20 and get yeah. a whole day's play yeah. in the What do you and... normally
0: go through a day? Like what sort of, you know, how many, give us an example of how many games you'd play a day, if that's what you're going to call it, how long they go for, and what sort of, would, would you know, that sort of ammunition, two 3,000,
1: last a player for a whole day? Yes, especially if you're shooting on semi, if you're playing like a milsim event there's there's going to be a lot of patrolling and you're not always going to be in firefights but if you're playing like day games and there is a lot of firefights you could probably go through i don't know it's it depends how how vicious you are with it like (laughs) you can kind of hold back and conserve yeah take your shots or you can just let loose and yeah it's like four thousand rounds in a bag of it would last me probably two to three days yeah, oh really? Okay. Yeah.
3: that's pretty good. Well, senior players tend to have a lot better trigger discipline. Yeah, so they'll they'll manoeuvre to be able to hit you with one shot because yeah. they don't want to give away their location. They don't want All to right. alert the rest of your team as to where they are. So, yeah. like the guys I run from or hide from when I'm playing are the guys that only fire one shot. But a lot of the new kids, you know, they're the adrenaline kicks in. It's their first day out on the field. I see someone. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They're Turns out kind to of be a friendly. Uh.
3: Slipping into full auto and they start, like, they lose themselves and start shooting everything that moves. You know, they yeah. might take out their own teammates. Like, yeah. Personally, at an event a few years ago, I've been shot by one of my own officers on the team. <laughs> you know, because I had good cover. Uh, I, lo- I maybe got about 10 meters ahead of him uh, playing a scenario in the field. So I had good camo, good cover. Yeah. And I spooked him when he came around the tree and he just opened up, popped three or four rounds into my butt on my back. <laughs> and of course, when I rolled over then, he nearly ran away because, you know, he yeah. knew he was in trouble. Like he's... Yeah, yeah. But uh, target identification and trigger discipline. and um, It's a lesson in itself with gun safety, really. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, We stress gun safety the same as in any shooting sport. You know, it's our number one priority. But um, because of the soft nature of impacts and stuff in airsoft, you know, we we steer guys away from headshots, even though we wear all the protective equipment to to defend ourselves against the worst possible scenario. So we kind of say, all right, keep it to the torso, the main target area. You know what I mean? Guys are wearing their protective gear, their play carriers and stuff. So they'll hear that they've been hit or they might
0: feel it, but so if someone participates we'll go on what you guys do with taking people over to new zealand in a minute but what's like let's say someone you say you're in new zealand someone wants to play a match of airsoft or something you know what like you know is it a whole day thing uh, and the second question also too is you know when you're playing is it always is it like paintball is it outdoors amongst the trees is it uh are is is indoor places you can play where it's indoor and they just change up the structure or it's
1: always the same tell us about like courses and stuff um, well, there is there is uh, as Keith said before, CQB close quarters combat, which isn't always inside, and there's also your outdoor battles. What's what similar to paintball, like out on the trees?
0: Are they all set up. Are they, you know, are they, you know, what I mean, they've got like because one one time I played paintball, like I think it was just out here actually, probably action and adventure, action, action, paintball, action, paintball. I think it was, and you know, they've got like I had to. I remember the first time I played actually. There was I thought I was you know thought I was the best. I never actually played before. There was like a little stream and there was like a little moat going over there with a little bridge and all that. So I decided to duck down behind the bridge and had me head down, fade me like me face facing the ground as I sort of ducked to the ground. Then one sconed me right yeah. in the top of the middle of the head. <laughs> First time I'd ever been shot and because obviously the, you only got the face mask on, so you you know It doesn't it, cover the top of your head. It doesn't does cover the top of your head and right in the scon me right in the top of the head. My, 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 my back just froze and the the hair stood up on the back I and mean, I thought, Shit, is that how much it hurts? You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, so getting back to costings, you know, like if you were to play over in New Zealand you know, and you're going to, say, a day event or something. Is it you know, 10 bucks a game, 5 bucks a game? Is it like a, a daily thing or,
1: or what do they normally do? Uh, for the locals, I think it's around $15. Yeah. Um, for us as Australians going over, ours are about $80. What, a day or a game? Well, that'll take us through for the three days. Oh, yeah, wow. that's we, pretty good. We, we don't really want to go there for a day. We fly yeah. all the way there and then fly all the way back yeah. just for a day. So we put it out over three days. Yeah. Um, and we have the Friday... Uh, would be a training day yeah so we go through um gun safety um how to shoot how to reload stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, tactics in the field because mm. i can imagine that's probably an issue too
0: i think when you you know you're over there and you run out of ammunition how how long does it take to reload i mean that's probably a big thing where you can actually probably get shot i'm, I'm guessing
3: yeah it depends like um some of the more purest things Players in airsoft around the world will only shoot what's called a mid-cap magazine. So uh, they vary, they might hold between 30 to 50 rounds. Oh yeah. So uh, it's more realistic for them. So they can actually practice doing their mag changes. Yeah. So it's more realistic for them. And then you have what's called a mid-cap magazine, which can hold anywhere from 50 to maybe 190 rounds, depending on yeah, okay. what model you buy. Mm. So that still gives you the realistic feel of, you know, you still have to change your mag, but not as frequent yeah uh, and then you have normally what we'd run are what's called high cap magazines in the rental guns that we get and they can hold like anywhere from 300 to 500 rounds
1: so and there's no changing mag you just there's a little winder on the bottom of the mag and that'll feed the babies up and keep it always ready to uh, go right. yeah. so how how do you guys i
0: mean practice for this sort of thing i mean obviously you know not, you yeah, know, not being legal in australia how do you guys get time to practice and actually, you know, I guess, you know, for the group that you guys
3: take over in New Zealand, how do you be, how do you stay competitive? Uh, a lot of guys still play paintball because it's the only outlet they have. Yeah. You know, but uh, the thing for me because I've been playing so long is just keeping fit. Yeah, exactly. You know, there, talk about fitness. Yeah, there yeah. can be a, like a lot of stress involved. Um, <laughs> I know the last I played an event uh, last year in the US and I had a GPS tracker on me. We covered 27 miles in two days. Wow. So you've got to be, you got to be able to hump yeah. all your gear and compete and be able to run and be able to manoeuvre, you know. So fitness is Absolutely. probably one of the top
2: priorities that you need to consider when you're going to play. It's that time of year again, and HuntFest is just around the corner. HuntFest is Naruma's premier hunting exhibition on the New South Wales south coast. HuntFest is on this June long weekend, so don't miss out by getting your tickets early. If you want to be an exhibitor at HuntFest, then call Danfield on 02 4473 7035. Visit huntfest.com.au for more information. HuntFest, the place to be in 2016. If you're heading for the bush soon, don't. The SSAA Shot Expo is coming with hunting gear from the world's biggest brands, the latest hunting gear and optics from Europe and the USA, and four-wheel drive accessories from Australia. The SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Rose Hill Racecourse Sydney, June 25th and 26th. Supported by Swarovski, Winchester and ATN Night Vision. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au.
0: So I was going to say, what sort of uh, drills do you guys do to keep fit? I mean, I know a lot of guys play paintball, but let's say for the guys that don't play paintball, 27 miles, I mean you know someone in my carriage probably struggle a bit playing airsoft i reckon but uh, you know you guys look pretty fit so you know
3: we're very fortunate in the fact that we have a lot of players of differing skill levels so we don't focus so much on the fitness personally we do because we're going to be like squad leaders in the field it's going to be our responsibility to get the rest of the players from a to b to complete our missions uh, and no matter what scenarios are are put out in front of us so we need to be on our game so to be able to direct everybody else. But if there's a guy that's not as fit or he's struggling to keep up, we'll just pause the game because you know we're all about making sure everybody enjoys it because we only get the goal once a year rather than we are about competing hardcore. So we can pause it whenever we want, tell everybody to take a knee, rehydrate, make sure they're getting their fluids in, make sure everybody's uh, having a good time. And then when everybody is after catching their breath again, then we'll get up and move again, you know? Yeah. So, and that's the way we have to approach it. We don't want anybody going to New Zealand uh, to enjoy the sport the way we do and come back and say they didn't have a good time. Yeah. So we're always on the watch out for every individual player. And if we're able to come together in jail as a group, depending on how guys uh, have trained or their experience levels, like some of our guys could be ex-military and stuff, they're the guys we'll push to the front to help the new kids along, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it seems to work pretty well. But yeah, the main focus is on team, and make sure everybody has a good time.
1: Yeah. Just, just on that too. Event this year is a thirty-hour milsim, so it'll start from eight o'clock on Saturday and run till probably ten o'clock Sunday. But is that one game? Yeah, one game. Oh, wow, um, <laughs> it is. It is quite hard. It's not. It's not for the faint-hearted. Is that but, one shot and you're out sort of thing, or is it one? No, shot and you're no? no, no. It's yeah, no. It'll. It'll, I think it's based on the Australians um, attacking the New Zealanders quite a lot throughout the night. Yeah. But um, there is an option to play only the day games. So if you are one of those persons who don't think you could physically handle it, yeah. you can just play the day games and still get the same out of it. Mm. So what? Um, let's say Airsoft, they made it legal here. Would it be popular?
3: Oh, massive. Massive.
0: Yeah. Um, and and saying that also too, how would it affect paintball? Because um, I know uh, this is kind of an interesting question. I just want to get your thoughts on it. I don't want to go into it too much, obviously. But you know, would it would there would, would there be people like with paintball that maybe wouldn't want to see airsoft, you know, come here or because it might affect the business structure? Because I think from what I'm seeing on airsoft and what I just I looked online actually on uh, yesterday. It was looked bloody excellent, you know what I mean? Like not as not as you know, some people like. I guess I can understand that the physicality of the paint and paint ball, and that's exciting too. And there's a lot of
3: huge in that too. But how would it affect it, and would it be popular? Let's say, for instance, we took uh, attendance figures for paintball in Australia from last year, and we convert that into airsoft figures of a similar number. And um, we reckon the initial setup costs and for the first year from that group of players, if it became as popular, you could be looking at a uh, an input of maybe up to around one point two billion really Aussie dollars in that first year, and then ongoing costs for players, players change their gear, they upgrade, yeah, you know local business opportunities would be huge like if yep. it, if it was legalized in every state, you could have two or three competing business business mm. providers for fields uh mm. for airsoft guns for camo all the associated accessories like the potential for financially for australia is massive you know yeah yeah i can
0: imagine because I, I was thinking that the other day i if airsoft came how would it how would it affect the paintball model would people still play both would they get involved in both would paintball drop off and airsoft take over would airsoft not be as popular as paintball so i mean i guess we, we don't know actually at this stage because there's no airsoft but I was wondering about that because I know when there's an, a niche market, you know, say paintball, where the paintball providers will be going, well, maybe airsoft might cause you know cause us a bit of you know reduction, you know, a bit of a reduction in money. I mean, obviously, you know, again, if it was legalized here, well, it's a bit of bad luck at the end of the day because you know they're both got to compete, they're both good sports, they have both got their following. So I, I couldn't see it being a problem, but I think it'd be pretty popular. You know, I mean, from what I've seen on uh, New Zealand on <laughs> one of the uh, videos they had on YouTube, so.
3: Well, I'll give you, from a business perspective, I've got a really good example for you. Okay, so Tipman is one of the world-leading producers for paintball equipment. Mm -hmm. And in the last two years, Tipman have released their first-ever high-pressure air airsoft rifle. So you can see that there's a curve developing there where paintball manufacturers are now actually waking up to that. Mm. kind of downturn in paintball activity and the increase in airsoft mm. activity and they're trying to readjust their business models to accommodate airsoft as well. Mm. So you can see it it's already happening. I uh, guess
0: kill two birds with one stone. I guess you could provide, you know, you know, services for both and, you know, and probably, you know, corner a fair bit of the market. Uh, that, is that a good the, the firearm they made or the airsoft gun I should say? Yeah, is, is, um, it good, is it good or is it yeah.
3: has a, it has a good reputation but like, you know, like <laughs> It's like any firearm. Like some guys love their one, and and don't like using the next model. You know, like yeah. like some guys love the Ruger rifles. Some so guys so like who makes them? Pistols. Talking about that, who makes them? Who who.
0: Who who makes them? Who makes some of the brands like uh, of airsoft? Is it anyone anyone in particular? Is it same like the manufacturers that make actual firearms? You like are you saying like Ruger or something? Or is there
3: specific
0: airsoft companies that make specific? You know, obviously just specific to airsoft. You know?
3: Yeah, there are. There's two sides to the manufacturing equation. So you have um, real steel manufacturers that have um, jumped that bridge to come over to airsoft, and they will either make them themselves, like the likes of uh, KWA, like the Chris Vector. Assault mm-hmm. rifle. Yeah, uh, they've set up a, their own business unit in the states that are manufacturing the airsoft version of it. You know, and then you have other producers like uh, Tokyo Marui Company, Echo One, G and G, G&P, All these companies that just specialise in airsoft. Yeah. Right. Now some of them do World War One, World War Two series models and more uh, up to date modern assault rifles. Some of them, like uh, E&L is a new brand that's on the market now. They only make AKs, but have developed a reputation for being indestructible, almost like the real steel weapon. So, mm. yeah, it varies. You know, depending on what you want to sp- spend on your gun will more or less determine what company you're going to buy it from, you know, because, yep. you know, they have a scale that they work to. You know, yep. entry-level entry guns could be $200. Mid-range guns could be three, $400. Like a uh, high end, high pressure air systems like Polar Stars and Smps in a custom gun could cost you up to a thousand dollars.
0: But even then, that's not too bad, really. I mean, a thousand dollars. I mean, that's what we're sort of paying for a real rifle here. I mean, <clears throat> you know, is there? Do they make plastic ones, or is the preference steel only, or?
3: Uh, you can buy uh, poly guns like I know Echo One do a range of um, assault rifles now. They're licensed by Robinson Arms in the states. Okay, they're a one hundred percent polymer made gun, very robust, very rigid, uh, hard wearing. Uh, you know yourself from real steel mm. uh, guys with a wood stock would prefer a wood stock, but you know doesn't take up with doesn't have the same durability as yeah. a polymer stock. Yeah, you know, and then you have the environment you're going to be playing in as well you know if it's raining do you want to bring your prized wood replica out into the field yeah. or would you rather have a polymer gun you know, so...
0: What's more popular, though? You know, what's more popular? If, um, you know, steel way more popular, you'd see 80% steel or 20% polymer, or, or what, what are you sort of seeing out there in the field when you're playing?
3: Yeah, a lot of new kids will buy a plastic gun or a springer or... A you know, a cheaper
1: option, isn't it, plastic? Yeah, it's, they're always a lot Is cheaper, it? yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Most, a lot of manufacturers will make the same model in polymer and real steel. So if you want to buy the polymer gun, let's say it costs 250 If you want to buy a, a steel model... Of the exact same replica, it could cost you three fifty. Yeah, you know, right. so you're paying for the lower and upper receiver all to be made out of one alum- aluminum block, and uh, it's machined out. It's almost looks identical to the real steel model that you would see in a in a in military service, like yeah. But um, it's da- at the end of the day, it's down to the dollars. Like if a kid has the money and he wants to gear up and have all the best gear, we're happy with that. You know, once he once he once he learns the safety and. Uh, you know he's uh, done his gun safety course, and he's and he's been respectful on the field. No problem. You know we let him spend what he wants on his gear. You know if another kid comes along and he only has a hundred dollars to spend, it's not an issue. Like he's still welcome to come and play. still apply. Yeah, yeah, it's no problem if he can only shoot out a hundred feet. We don't mind. And if another guy comes along that's shooting right on the legal limit and he's getting out to three hundred feet, just means the kid with the cheaper gun has to work harder to get up to close to him to hit him. You know. <laughs> right.
1: For too long, shooters' rights have been ignored by politicians. Liberal Democrat Senator David Lionhelm has been shooting pistols, rifles and shotguns for over four decades. He knows what shooters want. He challenged the Adler shotgun ban and forced the government to retreat. Shooters' rights are a core issue for the Liberal Democrats and we won't back down. Visit ldp.org.au and vote 1 the Liberal Democrats.
2: Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au. Quality gear at affordable prices. All
0: right, guys, tell us about Military Adventure Group. Uh, I want to know how it got started, uh, why it got started, and what they, what you guys actually do.
1: Okay, so MAG Australia came together about three years ago, and it started off with just a couple of us going over and trying Airsoft the first time. We, had a, we always had an interest of Airsoft before, but could obviously never play it here. Uh, we went over, loved it made good relations with the guys from MAG um, and wanted to come back next year. So another event was created. Um, I did a little bit of trying to drum up interest. Who else wanted to come with me? I don't have very many mates that are into it or many mates that even know what it is. Yeah. And um, we went back again. We took five. After that time we came back, we thought we might be onto to something. If we want to promote Airsoft in Australia and um, yeah. get a bit of a, a gathering for it, let's keep doing what we're doing and we'll try to get more and more people every time. Yeah. So who 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 runs it? Is is it a group of people? Is it who started it? Who originally started
3: uh, Mag? Who started it? I suppose there's a couple couple of guys involved. we have Noel and um, Glenn, Perry? Yeah. Carly. These Australian guys. Carly Australian Carly guys no, yeah. These guys are these are Kiwi guys. Oh, Kiwi and guys and it's right. a it's a a business interest that's been going for a good few years now. Yeah. Like, um, they've done movies uh reenactment movies for documentaries and stuff like that so very yep. experienced you know and run by um military. ex-service military yeah very 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 good setup you know yep. so they put on the original event that kaylee attended and yep. then after two or three years then kaylee's slowly built up a, a following of like-minded players that like could afford to go and travel to play so yeah i think the first year there was two guys then the second year there was five guys that traveled over Mm-hmm Uh, The last event, we had 21 players. Uh, This this event, we've grown the team to close to 100 members that are interested in traveling. Mm. So, we've opened up registration, and we're taking fees and that for players to come. So, I think we've got, like, maybe a dozen guys paid up already, and we're still, like, eight or nine months away from traveling. So, we've a a long way to go, and we're kind of hoping we can get up to maybe 30, 40 players that want to travel this year. Yeah. We can easily accommodate for that number of people if they want to come uh, even with rental guns so the mag uh, parent facility in new zealand is already you know investing heavily in being able to provide the weapons and everything that we need going accommodation and all that yeah putting together meal packages for us and stuff like that so yeah yeah, really really good so the
0: idea of us to get Australians over there playing airsoft—is that the idea? That's obviously the idea. Yeah, one one
3: hundred percent. Uh Mag Australia, Mag Australia's main focus is about on the players. Yeah, we want to promote airsoft so that we can get more guys involved that actually want to come and play the sport instead of yep. sitting under keyboards or playing you know like medal of honor and hey, you know I've got my Xbox games. right here I was only
0: playing call of duty yeah, last night really. so online you can probably uh we we're recording this at my house they can see my uh, ethernet cable running downstairs because mm-hmm. it just doesn't really work on uh on the uh, wireless internet so I've been running it off a uh, cable
3: <laughs> yeah like most of us I agree with you 100% we're like gaming nerds as well from back in the day you know yeah. like like I grew up on the on the Atari and the Mega Drive yeah. and progressed up through all yeah. the Playstations and the whole lot but um we were just looking for something that was a bit different, you know, like sitting in sitting at home on the couch playing with the controller. Yeah. Um when you come to play airsoft, you're doing everything you want to do in a video game except you gotta run and do it yourself, you know. Yeah. So you're
0: how did you just not when you were here in Australia, how did you just not go, Oh, well let's play paintball? Why specifically Airsoft? Like yeah, you know, if it's not is it because of the availability, you guys just looked at it and went, Yeah, this looks so much yeah,
1: you know, more exciting or what 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 do you reckon? I think You have to have an interest in the realistic side of war. It is a war game. Yeah. Um, And the great thing about it, being in New Zealand, playing airsoft, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to get dropped off into battle in an APC tank. Or you might be in a firefight somewhere and see like a a, a tank roll by with... um, guns blazing out of it and it's yeah. it's like <laughs> like i said before there's grenades there's um rocket launches so how does that work rocket i don't get it rocket launch how
0: can you shoot what how does that work is it like full of bbs i don't know sorry excuse there's a couple my... of
3: different types you know you can have your rail mounted uh m2
1: 3 m 203 yeah. does, grenade launcher does it like actually what, shoot like something what, though does it shoot something yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah we can put a, a gas charged a grenade shell into it and yeah. it's loaded up preloaded with uh BBs oh, yeah. and you so just aim camp- your grenade launcher at your target and when you pull the trigger a shower of BBs yeah. shoots out you know like a shotgun <laughs> oh, yeah, right, anywhere right. from 30 to 150 BBs flying down range so wow. if, if if you get your shot right if there's a squad of 12 guys walking up in single file you could if you arch that grenade to where you want it to be you could pretty much take out most of them with a, a grenade round you know and right. um, right. another type are like uh foam grenades gas operated as well you know fill your uh, grenade shell with green gas they have a foam head on them mm-hmm. and and let's say a land rover's driving past you with four guys in it with heavy machine guns shredding everybody you just pop up and let that foam shell go and once it hits the vehicle the vehicle's out of the game yeah oh,
1: really yeah, yeah and one wow. of the cool things i've seen is a a claymore and it's actually got a heat sensor on it um a leaf blew past it wouldn't pick up it wouldn't pick it up it wouldn't go off but if a player walks in front of it it'll split open and it's kind of spring loaded and it'll shoot powder and BBs all over you oh. yeah, which is pretty cool yeah. it's got a remote too you can wait for someone to creep past and then set it off when they get there <laughs>
0: is that all expensive stuff too like what are they? what are the sort of because I didn't know that I just thought it was just you know, uh, you know using the firearms or using the airsoft guns I should say just to you know use I didn't realise there was all this extra stuff you can actually use yeah. yeah,
3: we were very fortunate when we go to Mag in New Zealand that um, Noel is like a certified pyrotechnician. Yeah, so he always has all the fun stuff organised for us. Yeah. So whether it be grenades or rocket launchers or landmines, uh, see he'll <laughs> he'll he'll have a, a CO two gas landmines set off that'll just blow some dirt up in the air. Pretty right. safe, you know. Yeah. There, there's uh no uh, powder discharge or heat. Coming off the detonations or anything, you know, they're all remote controlled and stuff, so you know, it's pretty good uh pretty good fun when you're walking along and you're you don't know what to expect and Noll is probably sitting two or three hundred yards away in the wood with a little remote control waiting to give you a surprise, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah, look we don't we don't require the guys to go and purchase any of that kind of gear. Um because it's illegal in airsoft, we don't encourage anybody to be doing any to be getting involved in any illegal activity. Yeah, you know. Of course, yeah. Um so Yeah, as far as uh, the toys that we're able to play with Go, we kind of leave that up to the mag group in New Zealand to provide for us. So depending on the game style we're playing, they'll have absolutely everything we need to accomplish uh, the scenarios that they're going to want us to play in that event. Yeah. So, what sort of,
0: um, I want to talk about, you said like this meal spec where it's like 30 hours. That seems crazy to me. Like I'm probably falling asleep if it's that long. But, you know, in, in a good way, you know what I mean? I'm probably just too much. I'll probably fall asleep and get shot. But um, what sort of, th- give me, you said sort of the games they play. I mean, you know, there's like, I don't know, what, what's the, I'm probably talking Call of Duty here, which is kind of sad. But, you know, capture a flag or something. Or is there capture a base? What's the general amount like a game yeah, you said thirty hours, that like ten minutes, half an hour, three hours? What sort of games
1: they play? Give me a couple like the basic airsoft games people play, like you know? Well I guess I guess your basic airsoft game would just be like a all out battle, like an all out firefight. Yeah. And with, what you uh, get shot, you're out of the game, that's it until the end of the game. Well, every every game's different. Like yeah. you could have a respawn point if you get shot and you didn't get mediced in time. Yeah, you would have to walk back to the respawn respawn point and um, uh, walk make your way back out into the fight after yeah, okay, you respawn. Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
0: Any other specific types or that you guys can think of? Like, what's a, what's one you like? If someone was going to join you guys, they go, yeah, I want to go overseas in New Zealand with these mad guys. I want to play airsoft. What's a game you guys
3: regularly play? The, the event we're going to be doing um, on the next trip is yep. pretty detailed. The guy that's running it uh, is a friend of ours. He's like very, very experienced air softer. And, of course, the more you play, the more experience you get, the more you want to start designing your own scenarios and getting guys playing them. So we're very lucky. We have a good crew organizing this event. But basically, it's going to come down to is you will be deployed to an area of the field as a squad. So How go- big is the
0: field example? Like, is it, yeah. You know, like uh, again, I've only seen paintball, so forgive me. You know, it could be like you know, uh, you know, hundred meters wide, two hundred meters long, sort of thing, or hundred by hundred of these
3: acres. Uh, acre no. acreage? Yeah, is acreage, huge. Yeah. Oh, really? We've really? got wow. two fields uh, that aren't connected, but they deploy us from one field to the next in military transports. Yeah. So we get that all encompassing field that you're actually on an operation. You know, yeah, you have right. to climb into the troop carrier, get moved <laughs> from objective, objective A to objective B and back. But in area, the two fields combined, I think they work out close to 22 hectares. So it's well. pretty, pretty substantial playing play area. I mean, if, mm. if, the, if the commanding officer or the guy in charge of the event wants to send you on a patrol, he could easily make you walk a mile or a mile and a half or two miles just to get to your objective before you start fighting. Mm. So a lot of the guys that are purists like that aspect of the game because they don't just want to be out spraying religiously at everything that moves they want to be able to uh, actually earn the mm. game you know yeah, they, want right, to, yeah. they like the fact that they have so there's to like a scenario like a scenario oh, yeah, like I guess yeah. you might call it you yeah know, like yeah and different scenarios so I know for I think on the next game we're going to be doing patrol duties we're going to be doing recon duties so we're going to have to sneak up on opposite teams we're going to be doing uh, another operation I think which is more like harassment Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when the two opposing sides that we're meant to be aggravating, kind of, you know, keeping them on their toes. Yeah. yeah. We're, I think we're going to have to make sure that, like, um, we keep them busy for as much of the game as possible. So, we, if, if the game commander decides that, all right, there's a team that's been doing nothing for a half an hour, he'll take one of our squads and send them on a mission mm. to give them a little wake-up call. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And we'll have yeah. a skirmish. We'll have a skirmish there, and we'll fight it out, and then we'll withdraw and then when we, we'll regroup, get some fluids in, get a snack, and then he'll deploy us to a different area of the field to carry out a different mission. Mm. So the missions are going to change mm. every half an hour to an hour over that 30-hour period. Oh. Yeah, so you don't have to stay in the field for 30 hours. There is going to be a rotation for the Australian guys where they can come out of the field at night time, yep. get three or four hours sleep, and then come back into the field after. Mm. so like if guys don't want to play the night portion of the game right. they can go back and have a feed and have a shower and um settle down for the night and have a good night's sleep and then right. they'll be woke up ready to continue the game the next morning and the uh, command and officer will reschedule them back in have a transport organized for them
0: what about um do you get the guys in the ghillie suits is there an airsoft sniper
1: rifle that's what i want to know is yes there? yes there is is there yeah <laughs> um nice. i think the limit at mag is about 500 fps um uh, there's also an engagement distance i think it's about 30 meters yeah you don't really want to be up close and receive one of those but uh, just a little bit more on the scenario uh invasion two brothers at war is the next event that's coming up yeah 30 hour milsim
0: um okay let's say it's it's all good let's say um somebody wants to come over there that they want to get involved you know, one, I guess, who do they need to contact first off? Um, you know, give me some sort of associated costs if they want to really get involved. It sounds like an awesome two, three, four days. How long is it? Um, and what are, the, what are the costs expected? Obviously, I mean, we know airfares are expected. Um, you know, what are they going to be expected to, to, to pay to go over and partake in such, you know,
1: awesome fun, military-style fun? Okay, so the the event will go for three days. We require most guys, well, all guys, to get there on the Thursday. Just yep. So they're up, uh, well slept, ready to go on the Friday for training. Yep. yep. So when will when will this
0: be? What sort of dates? What's this? Uh, invasion what two at?
1: is the twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third of October, two thousand
0: sixteen. Yep. yep. So they've got roughly what nine months sort of thing to yeah you know pay pay up and and, and organise flights and and, and etc.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, we do it in an easy way. We there's a few different fees you have to pay. You have to get your field fees out the way. Yep. You have to get your food out of the way, your accommodation out of the way, and then yep. eventually you'll be up for gun hire once you're there yep. and ammo as well. So where are they staying? Is it a hotel? Is it someone? Is it a, they're staying on the field somewhere?
0: Are they camping? What are they staying in? What are they...
1: Being a 30-hour meal sim, if we're going to do the full 30 hours, we'll be probably sleeping on the field. Yep. Um, last time I went to a 30-hour milsim, I was in a bunker at 1 o'clock in the morning in the rain just waiting for sunlight <laughs> but um, last year we had some sea containers. Um, yeah. and they had like little crib beds in them that yeah. you could set up and have a have a snooze or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's
0: well set up. So they need to say you know, food. How's that arranged? I mean, what what give us a like an all round package? What would someone be expected to pay for say three days? You know, say obviously the air, let's say inclusive of you know probably airfares to New Zealand. Um, can you break it down? You know, can you give us a breakdown? You know, like what are they expected? What would you know, a thousand
1: dollars for the three days, five hundred, two thousand, three thousand. So, guys were getting around, getting away with uh, eight hundred to a thousand last year. Oh, really? And that okay. included their airfares, their food, their accommodation, gun hire, everything. Basically, well, that's everything. That's pretty good. Yeah, right? everything that's was covered. Good. And it wasn't. It, it's not a. It's not a lump sum payment either. It's spread out throughout the year. So, yeah. we're asking for field fees now, and we'll have a cut off date at March. So, we would like all the field fees in by March. And then we'll move on to accommodation fees. Yeah. So we spread them out throughout the year. So it is yeah. manageable for people to yeah. get it all paid up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty
0: good price. I mean, realistically, all that inv- all that sort of, you know, involved, you know what I mean? I think that's pretty, pretty reasonable for people to go over there and, you know, get a good three days. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not that long compared, but, you know, the things you get to do for that you Know three days and the inclusive cost. I mean, it's pretty. Good. What sort of food can we
1: expect? What are they sort of eating? Someone cooking, or are they just getting little? Yeah, well, last year we had um, there was a car club co- close by to the field, and um, we had that catering for us, and that was a licensed bar as well. And uh, you know, had that whole mess hall happening mm. big flat screen TV, movies at night time, and stuff like that. Three meals a day, all home cooked, all really nice meals. They were too, yeah and um, yeah it was great I'm not too sure if we're going to run that again this year there's talk of running um, ration packs being a milsim yeah. to... so, so, so this, this one is only going to be one game like one
0: particular one, uh, what you call, scenario I guess would you call it or game is that the idea yeah so, it's yeah, not so going to
1: be... the scenario is Brothers at War It's the title of the game yep. and it's going to be the two New Zealand, New, New Zealand teams coming together uh, at the start to make a treaty yep. and um, make peace with each other the Australians are going to attack. There's a little bit of talk about flying in via helicopter for the Australians, which is pretty cool. Wow! Helo insertion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um And the awesome. New Zealanders are going to think that they're being betrayed by each other and getting attacked by each other, and that's how the whole thing starts.
0: Nice, man. Sounds sounds exciting. So, what else can people expect when they get over there? I mean, what sort of they need to pack? Anything in particular? Do they need to you know do anything, bring anything in particular? Like, let's say, some guy's interested in airsoft; he's never played
3: before, and he and he wants to join. Is, is he allowed to join? Yes, definitely. We uh, Mag Australia is an open group. We have a very open policy in the team, and um, everybody is welcome. You know, we don't discriminate against by age, or we don't have any other agenda. Yep. Yep. Everybody is welcome to come and play. I think gear wise, we have a set list of. Safety requirements that have to be met. They have to have, um, number one, good eye protection. Yeah. Like, guys will be shooting at you. You will definitely, 100% be shot. In you device. will get hit, and yeah. you have no control over where you're going to get hit. Yeah. So, full seal eye pro, you know, the likes of uh, ballistic rated ESS goggles or yeah. anything that is mil spec will be safe enough, you know, that yeah. can take the impact and uh, that are comfortable for you to wear for so long yeah. we also what, recommend what's it costing for something like that or you uh, know. they can vary you know you can buy ballistic rated safety goggles that are full seal anywhere from 20 bucks all the way up to 200 dollars. okay right gotcha. depends on you know a good pair of vss turbo fans which a lot of the elite players might use uh they could cost you 150 175 dollars and US maybe, wouldn't recommend for kids that are only starting out to go to that extreme. Yeah. Especially guys that are only going to be playing maybe once a year, twice a year at the most. You know, just buy something that they're going to feel safe wearing that's going to do the job for them. You know, so if they spend 50, spend $75 on a pair of full seal shooter's glasses, once they're full sealed, so like, we don't have to worry about a shot coming from behind, bouncing off the safety glasses and then hitting them back you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like our number one priority is making sure that the guys are, in, yeah, in the same condition going home as they were when they came. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so yeah, definitely safety glasses priority number one.
0: What sort of weather around that time too? Bring anything in particular? Are they yeah. got to bring
1: sleeping gear. That's all going to be covered. What do they? You know, what else they need to bring? You can bring your sleeping bag if you want to. Um, I would recommend. Warm clothes, the first probably time. Probably October is probably going to be still fairly cool. Then, yeah, New it? Zealand's <laughs> quite fresh. The first time I went there, I went there in Australian clothes, my boardies and my thongs. Oh, no. And I was double wrapped in full BDUs in about half an hour. It was that cold. Yeah, I was yeah. sleeping in a tent too and I was just, yeah, warm clothes is a must. So I was going to say, so
0: someone comes over there, give us a run down the weekends, a Thursday, right through until you leave. So fly in. Are they expected to be there at a certain time uh, with everyone else? Is everyone going on the same
3: plane or no? Or is it, how does that work? Uh, Last year, we left it up to the individuals to organise their own flights. So... uh, like it worked, but it was a little bit messy, and a lot of work for the the event organizers like running over and back to Christchurch airport yeah. like yeah. fifteen or twenty times yeah. all into one night. Some guys only arrived in the Friday morning just before we started, so yeah. and there is talk this year that uh, flights could be organized first. We do have that option yeah. uh, we 're researching it at the moment, yeah, and yeah, the general rule is that we want to get there, get everybody there on the Thursday yeah. before the event starts, so. Yeah thursday night will be uh meet and greet uh, a lot of the new guys that are coming don't know any of us uh yeah. personally so we do a meet and greet have a chat uh, make sure all the guys have the proper gear that they're uh uh set up that they've got a yeah, yeah. their uh bed bed for the night that they've yeah. had a feed and stuff get them down to bed early so they're fresh for training for friday so then we get into friday morning then we'll meet our commanding officers um Our good friend Carl, I think, is running training this year. So Carl will have a program laid out which will be pretty detailed for any of the new guys as well. So it will involve gun safety, uh, field maneuvering, uh, some communications, hand signals that will be used in the field. So you you don't want to be giving away your position. So that will all be uh, incorporated on training day. Of course, to be a huge emphasis on uh, trigger discipline. Like, yeah. you know, n- don't want to be overshooting anybody, you know. So, yeah, th- uh, training day is all about just getting the guys associated with their guns, getting them used to the feel of them, getting them used to maneuvering with their guns. You know, they're expensive pieces of kit, even though yeah. we're only renting them. We need to be sure that the guys we're giving them to are capable of using them yeah, that's right, and yep. that they're going to look after them. Yep, yep. So the main focus on the Friday, we call it training day. It's just orientation, getting the guys familiar with the environment we're going to be playing in, the weapons they're going to be using, the safety aspects of it. All good. Um, we move on to Saturday morning then and uh, we have like a, a rally in the morning. Everybody will be called together, the Kiwi guys and the Australian guys, anyone that's competing. We're all brought together and we do a group safety briefing. So it's a legal requirement uh, as part of the event. Um, Anyone has any questions, feel free to put their hand up. And any issues uh, arising from that safety briefing are all dealt with before any individual is allowed onto the field. Mm. So like I say, safety is number one. Uh, As soon as we have that squared away, then it's uh, time to get the sneaky on. That's where the game organizer and the commanding officer will start deploying all his different squads out into the field, uh, and have different surprises, different scenarios set up for all those different teams. So, yeah, I'm expecting a really good one on the Saturday. Have you done
0: anything like this before? This sort of this sort of event like this long? Uh,
1: Is that is that happened last year or the year before, or is this this something? Year the year before. Yep, um, it was my first. 30-hour uh, meal sim. Yeah, it was. It started to rain. Uh, probably. <laughs> so you, it's like you're really out there, isn't it? It's yeah. like you're really living it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? it's the real deal. And um, we we didn't have anywhere to sleep. We had a, a tarp that we set up and just huddled together under there. And it was cold as well, as well as rain. Mm. None of us thought to bring raincoats or anything like that. And so <laughs> it was, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> Mate, if you guys, if they want to, let's say someone wants to get involved with you
0: guys, they want to find out... Um, uh, how to get involved, they want to come over or they want to play airsoft and they want to join, their, you know, currently their own firearms or they don't or they play paintball or they don't or they just heard this for the first time and they want to get involved. Who have they got to call to find out, you know,
1: more details? Um, you know, just give us all the details, yeah. All right, so if you want to know more information, email's probably best at Kaylee C-A-L-E-Y, at nz. Yep. Um, as soon as I get that email through and you've shown interest I'll put you onto the Mag Australia Facebook page yep and from there we always put on updates news events about what's yep. going on and how it's all travelling yep so you can give them all the details like
0: now about you know accommodation and prices and all the stuff that's involved and everything
1: like that yeah yeah that's right um, being still quite early in the piece we only have our event fees going out now and we, yep. we learn more and more as the year goes on Yeah. So as soon as we find out, we post them on there. Yeah. And then, yeah, everyone everyone will know what's going on.
0: Any interesting, to finish off, so any interesting or funny things happen when, you know, you're playing or anything like that? Got any stories for us? My listeners always love to hear a good, interesting story. I guess, obviously, airsoft-related, you know, something that can make them laugh or, you know, or, or even just something that, uh, you know, or we'll tell us a couple of stories if you like, that's fine. You know, things they can expect when they're sort of playing airsoft and that, so...
3: So, uh, for any new guys that never played before, uh, this one will probably appeal to you guys. You know, like airsofters in general tend to be uh, very knowledgeable. You know, yeah. they've watched every YouTube video that's out there about airsoft, they've read all the data that they need to think they understand how the guns work, mm-hmm. how to repair them, etc. But it's only until they actually get to play their first event when the fun mm-hmm. really starts. So, <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, playing an event a few years back and um i was a squad leader right so i had i was in charge of 12 guys going out into the field so the commanding officer designated our mission and he says to me okay keith uh, you're part of two two you got to move on out there grid reference such and such when you get there lock down the area defend it for an hour and then you win the points for that for that scenario you know mm. and i was like okay and he says oh Your mate, Ham, is uh, the second squad leader. He's going to be your uh, backup squad. If it gets hairy, you can call him in. He'll only be five minutes behind you, so you have uh, support players coming in to reinforce you. So I'm like, okay, sorry, no problem. Checked on my details, got my squad together, explained to them what was required of us. And, uh, of course, we're playing in a kind of scrub oak, pine forest, you know, pretty heavy cover everywhere, you know. So we headed off anyway, headed down the trail, uh no engagements anywhere along the way but we got a call over the radio to say that there was two enemy squads uh directly ahead of us that we were going to meet on our way to our objective so came to a little kind of grass clearing area you know knee high to waist high grass yeah and we knew from our map location where we were that the the enemy was the other side of that little grassy clearing yeah and I kind of thought to myself, like, it's pure suicide walking out there because we've no cover, you know, and I'm not going to bring a lot of new kids out there to have them <laughs> shred, shredded by support gunners <laughs> the other side of the field, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. I called in our uh, support squad, uh, and my mate Ham is there. I says to Ham, I says, look, mate, I'm not mad keen to uh, try and make my way around this field. What do you think about flanking left or right? And he says, oh, look. There's a road to the left and a road to the right. And if they have set up defensive positions, we're going to be in the same boat anyway. Yeah. We've still got to cross that clear area to to push on, you know. So, well, I said, um, I don't know how we're going to go about this. So, of course, my mayhem being a good senior player, he says, why don't you just ask for a volunteer? We'll send a a recon element across the clear area. And if he gives us the okay, then we'll start moving. So we called in the two squads of guys. And I said, listen, guys, this is the story. (laughs) I need a volunteer. And of course, new kid, knew everything under the sun about airsoft. He had like thousand dollars worth of gear on him, the best guns, everything. Oh, yeah. Puts his hand up straight away. Yes sir, I'll volunteer. I says, Okay, what's your name? And let's say just his name is Dave. i say, Okay, Dave, this is what we want you to do. Yeah. I need you to crawl across that field, do a recon about forty yards each side, and uh make sure that there's no enemy over there so we can make, we can progress. We'll as soon as you give us the okay all clear we're going to start making our way across and come up and catch up with you. So he goes, yes, sir, I'm on it. Down he drops onto his hands and knees, starts doing the tactical barrel roll <laughs> yeah. across the grass. You know, like we used to do yeah, when we were kids rolling yeah, down the yeah. hill. Yeah, I'm looking at him, he's like a ride on moor, just flattening yeah. out this grass <laughs> heading across this clear area. I know. Yeah. Myself and Ham... Had to do everything in our power to hold in the laughter, try not to yeah, make noise. Yeah. But like, would man,
0: have, if they'd have seen him, would they have so easily seen him there? Or like, doing what uh, he was not you
3: couldn't miss it? It oh, was like right. it was like a steamroller <laughs> heading across this grassy area, you know. Yeah. Like, and I was going like, What's I he thought doing? he'd be all tactical and all, and this kid seemed to know everything. But yet he, yeah, he he lay down on the ground like a barrel and just started rolling. Like, you know, I couldn't do that with a with like a, an expensive gun and all on me, you know. I'd no, probably no. have it broke by the time I got to the other yeah. side. So anyway. Sure enough, he made it all the way across. Yeah. Had like a a metre and a half trail flattened in the grass for the rest of us to follow yeah. and you know it's like this little bug's bunny head comes up out of the grass the far side all clear sir yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all we're right, like right, right, right lads let's move right. this guy, this guy's done it like let's go you know <laughs> so, <laughs> was yeah. there anyone over there no one over there no we went another hundred yards into the woods before we met anybody so yeah. it, was, it all worked out really well we went on to complete our objective and get the points for that mission so it worked out really well like, but, yeah. uh, it seems to, very I didn't realise I
0: mean I just saw it Again, only because of my lack of experience. Obviously, um that you know, it was more you know shorter games, which I probably there probably are like shorter games as well. But I didn't, you don't realise it's so you know intense. Really, does it like you know sort of you know military style, where it's sort of you know you're dropped off in all the equipment. You know, it's it's large fields. It's not just you know small, which it can be. Obviously, I presume small fields, small matches, uh, you know, limited time matches, but. You know, going for that sort of time and then, you know, going through the bush. It's really sort of very military style, isn't it? I didn't
1: realize mm-hmm. it was to sort of that extent. Yeah, like you could go, if you got set on, off on a patrol, you could patrol for three hours and not see anyone. Yeah. We're aiming not to have that happen at Invasion because us Australians not getting to play us off, uh, that much. Yeah. We want to go there and we want to we want to shoot and we want to get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds pretty exciting. Anything to finish off to tell anyone that might want to get involved or anything like that? Or anything to finish off that you might want to add or anything like that? Uh,
3: Yeah, look, if you think you're interested, um, do your research. You know, drop us a line. We can help you out with any questions you might have. We can definitely search out with all the information you need to be able to come and play. Yeah. We have a list of safety equipment, uh, the gear that you're going to require. Yeah. To minimum amount of gear you that will be required of you to play yep. the event you can buy it second hand you can buy a brand new can that so, be hired
1: over there can it be hired No. or some of the stuff you just have to have like glasses gotta you have can them. you can hire gear you can hire safety gear you can hire guns this year we are going to run with the oscam bde battle dress uniform so that will be a minimum re- requirement to take over this year so yeah good stuff now of
3: course you you know like basic stuff you know you're going to be out in the field for a long time you need to keep hydrated yeah and you need to be able to have some snacks and food on you so like we'd be requiring everybody to have a, a minimum of a hydro pack yeah like, or um, a water bottle like the one I showed you earlier yeah. it's got a play carrier it has oh yeah it has yeah. a medical pouch on it it has so uh uh some snacks and some drinks yeah, and yeah and sugar just, yeah some basic uh first aid equipment you know yeah. just in case you you know it's you're playing in the great outdoors you know That's right, yeah. sharp sticks and
1: nice snakes in uh, yeah, new I zealand and i was yeah. going to
3: say that it's always one of the to in new zealand I'm, i hate yeah. humidity and
0: I, I like snakes but i don't I hate snakes you know and i, I think no snakes uh, humidity is very low year round it's just has the best it's just really the best environment really isn't it yeah it's nice <laughs> we've had uh, except, to, except when it gets really too cold if you don't like the cold but. yeah
3: yeah we've had some of our uh kiwi mates that we've made over there the the local guys asking us questions the whole time about living in australia you know oh man i'd hate to be playing in the bush in australia if airsoft was ever legal you know snakes and spiders and everything so <laughs> we're actually thinking we might uh have a a tactical uh, prop bag with us that might have some rubber snakes oh. in it and <laughs> some uh, some dummy uh, red backs and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, when the Kiwi guys are trying to get asleep sleep at night, they might have a little old surprise thrown just in. Sh- on ah, them what's that? Just throw it <laughs> on? Yeah, there just free, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, you know, it's. We're already stoked that we get to go and play, but, like, we get to go and play and shoot Kiwis, <laughs> you know? It can't, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, guys, thanks for, um, you know, joining me. This has sort of been interesting for people that, you know, listen to this show that maybe don't know about Airsoft. You know, catch these guys. You know, eat, you know, use the email if you want to get involved, you know, because... You know you can't really do this in australia there's probably not many groups to get involved with probably well, probably no other australian groups to probably get involved with that may you know take people over there you know no exclusion sort of policy you know if you're new i guess so long as you know you can handle the fitness aspect and um you know that's that sort of thing you should be able to head over there and play and have a good time i mean you know you don't have to be a professional do you, you don't have to be a professional to you know get over there it's just about having fun and you know, having fun playing airsoft because it's not obviously at this stage not legal in Australia. So,
3: yeah, look, don't worry about the fitness aspect of it. All we require of people is to come and have fun. If and I was
0: there, I'd just be a man and just give me a man one of the towers and all that. Yeah, I'll be good. It, yeah, 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 I'll be good. You know yeah, know? and like like I said, just we're, don't leave me on my
3: own. I need some support. You know, yeah, <laughs> <It's> the guys <laughs> the guys that are all, like organize these events for us are very professional, uh, all inclusive. Like, so if we have say three or four guys that are struggling after half of the first day, something will be organized for them as part of the event so they yeah. can still compete yeah. in a different role. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they'll, the vehicles. Be, they'll be set to guard an area rather than patrol yeah. and skirmish all the time. Yeah. So they'll be set, if if they're getting tired or they're getting a bit weary, they'll be set in a static location and maybe some of the Kiwi teams might be sent there to try and defeat them and claim mm. another objective, you know? Mm, sure. but So, yeah, where Sounds pretty exciting, you know, if they want to get involved at a really good price. So, you
0: know, no reason why it shouldn't, you know, keep building year after year and getting more people involved and, you know, using it as a, you know, people that either don't play or play paintball and want to get involved with the airsoft that haven't before. You know, why not join a bunch of dudes from Australia that want to go out there and have a good time? Yeah, on,
3: honestly, since the first time I've played, I've never looked back. I yep. absolutely love it, you know. Yeah. And it's not just that I get to shoot my mates it's the the whole team aspect of it, the camaraderie that's involved. Yeah. You know, Fitness. you share an interest with like minded people. You know, like most shooters or yeah, yeah. most shooting clubs and organizations. Yeah, yeah. You know, even down to any other sport like uh, football or AFL or whatever. You know, it's, it's you know when you get involved with people that enjoy the same the same lifestyle of being outdoors and being out in nature and just competing together as a team. You know, it's been really really good. You know, yeah. in all my years playing, I've you know seen some dumb stuff on fields occasionally but i've never left an event where i wasn't happy that i paid for it yeah yeah you know so you always enjoyed yourself always yeah yeah, yeah. always you know and no matter like you know there's a lot of individuals in every sport you just move past any of the little bits i grow that might upset you and move on to the next game and yeah away you go again you know it's been really really good fun like yeah yeah well, if you want to join these guys in what, uh, around end
0: of October-ish, near there, uh, in 2016, to play airsoft in New Zealand in a sort of military style, what was it, milspec uh, military, what's that, mil- military, military simulation, sm- yeah, mi- 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 uh, mil I should say, yeah, I'm not familiar with all the terms, <laughs> there you go, got a bit tongue-tied there, you can you know, go out and enjoy yourselves, email Cal on the email he gave you, will get you involved on the uh, Facebook page. And uh, yeah, you can go over there and have a great time playing airsoft with a bunch of other Australians that like playing airsoft too. So hopefully you guys can get a bunch of people this year, and it's it's just going to be huge. Hopefully, you know, and that's you know, if it just gets the word out. So anyone listen to the show, you want to play, send them an email. Keith Cow, thanks for joining me on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Jason,
3: it's been a pleasure. Uh, oh, I'm being tr- on trying your to show. shake my hand here at the same time <laughs> yeah. and everything while we're, while we're recording. Absolutely <laughs> great, and uh, we're huge fans of your work. Yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah uh we both subscribe to your podcast as yeah. well and we're really looking forward to what you're going to be doing in the future and we yeah. wish you the best of luck with everything yeah
0: thanks so yeah guys as i said get involved play airsoft give these guys an email and uh, get involved in airsoft this is the australian hunting podcast thanks for joining us see you next time you've just been educated and this is the australian hunting podcast thanks for listening see you next time